Welcome to the Soul Shaker podcast. Today we are joined with the beautiful and magnificent Madison Brandt. Madison is a very special friend to me and we have a very cool story about how we came to meet one another. So Madison, please introduce yourself to the people. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. You are also so, so special to me. So it means a lot to be here and to be on your podcast. Yeah, we have a very interesting story. I will give you all the details. So I remember when I got onto TikTok, like, I don't even know. When was that? When did I send it to you this summer? I think it was August. August. Okay. Sometime this summer, at least. I was on TikTok and your TikTok popped up onto my feed. And I was like, who is this beautiful girl with bright purple hair speaking? <laughs> like you had like the most beautiful voice and everything you were saying. I was like, I've never felt so connected to a person so far away. And I just remember in that moment, your words, like they just like impacted me so deeply. I was having a really hard day and I remember having this thought. I was like, you know what? If I'm having a hard day, at least I know there's someone out there who like whose words make me feel better. And that's honestly like kind of all I thought it would be. And so I I don't know if I followed you then. I don't think I did. Um but I remember I was like, where did she go? I don't remember her name. And I like lost it. And then I was like, okay, whatever. I kept living my life. And then I was on Instagram a while later and I was like typing to search somebody. I don't remember, but I saw you on the explore page and I was like, oh my God, it's that person who like seriously inspired me. And I was like, I'm just going to message her and let her know that her words like meant a lot to me and that I like loved her video and I like what you share and your words. And honestly, that's kind of all I thought it would be because like it is kind of, you know, you never expect to be friends with someone from a DM. Um, mm -hmm. But I sent that over and um, you responded like the next day and we kept messaging and like I could just feel the genuine authenticity from the other side. And, um, then we found out we like live two hours away. And I was like, I thought you lived in like Hawaii. Cause there were like, <laughs> Hawaii posts on your Instagram. I was like, what? Like, it just felt like so much weird, like little magic moments. And then we like, we're living close together. And then we were like, kept talking and then we're like, I guess we should probably hang out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. That's that. And then you drove all the way to see me, which is insane because I could have been a crazy person. You could have shown up and been like, this sucks. Like you're weird. But yes, it well, I knew, I knew that you were a special one that had been sent to me from the divine. And what's <laughs> crazy is that when that did happen, I had been calling in connection to people who understood me and who saw me and who could connect with me about wellness and spirituality. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens that Madison is very involved in wellness and spirituality as well. And so it really felt like no coincidence at all that we found each other when we did and how we did. Yeah, it's it's those magic moments that are like, 
I question, I'm like, how did this even happen? And I'm like, oh, wait, I think we made this happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What am I saying? But yeah, I just remember you, you came and you like, first of all, you were like, I thought you were a tall person. So that was a surprise. I was like, is that you? Um, and then I was like, oh, you like were just so like the energy right away. I was like, I felt like I was safe and sound and loved right away. And then um, we like sat under a tree and talked forever. And I remember just really appreciating how we could like have deep talks, but we could also laugh and just be like, life's weird. And we've done weird stuff in our lives. And this is hilarious. (laughs) And that we could like, like, I just really value people in the wellness world and just like, being able to be deep, but also being able to be like, yep, we can laugh. It doesn't need to be serious all the time. And I just, mm. like, I just loved that. Yes. Finding that <laughs> balance, someone who can see the depths of you, but also goof around with and laugh with and mm. appreciate for all the small things and the, and the big things and everything in between. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really nice. Cause it gives you that like base of safety to fly from and it allows you to just like be able to be your full self and I don't know I really I really look for that in people and it's not easy to find but um I'm just I'm really grateful it came when it did and Mm -hmm. you're here I just remember I was like I think I told you I loved you the first day and I was like if I said that to any other guy (laughs) it would be like never yeah. seeing you again. I'm like, Oh God. So I'm like, <laughs> I just like yes. kept talking and it kept getting better and better. And it's just really I cool. Lo- <laughs> yes. And I left that day. I remember feeling like I had known you for so many years. <laughs> and I remember at one point we were sitting on a blanket and I was like, Madison, I don't know if I'm coming on too strong not in a romantic sense, but you know, <laughs> just really. like in a <laughs> human to human. Um, is it so weird to tell you that I love you and I'm so grateful for you and all that you are um, as a human, but also in this moment? And yeah, thank you so much for being you and for since day one providing such a wonderful space to exist in. And to share that existence with you has been so special. Well, thank you. It's been equally as wonderful. And I also just like, I I just appreciate that you let me be my full self and that like, it's really also cool being in the wellness world and that there's like no competition or no feelings of mm-hmm. like, you're doing this, I'm doing this. It's just like, we're kind of walking, like we have different, some different interest in the wellness world, but we are able to like bring each other different perspectives and walk down the same path. And I don't know, it's just really valuable. So thank mm-hmm. you. And yeah, we literally spent eight hours on that day. <laughs> yes. Like eight hours. And then I was like, let me buy you lunch. And you were like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, um, what you were saying about how we both have different interests within the wellness world and at the same mm-hmm. time are are able to exist in that space without competition is something that I value greatly. And um, I think astrologically speaking, a reason I think that we were able to connect in such a way that we did on that first day is because Madison is an Aquarius sun and I am an Aquarius rising. And um, 
So I think that there was that initial connection because we could both see ourselves in one another. But I would say that our strengths differ and we're both able to bring a different perspective to the table to one another that we each deeply need and weren't able to see or understand ourselves. But once it was mirrored to one another in that way, um, it brought more fullness to our ideas and our expression. Yeah, I I have no idea about anything in astrology. Like I literally couldn't even tell you what an Aquarius is. People are always like, you're such an Aquarius. And I'm like, the only thing I've ever heard about that is that I'm like the girl who's like, I'm not like the other girls. And I go buy like a unique book at Urban Outfitters. I'm like, this is me. So yes, no, but I do feel like that's really true. I feel like you bring like just such more of like a – I don't want to say like worldly perspective, but you help me like zoom out my lens a little bit and look at the big picture of what's happening behind the scenes in life and what like I'm going through and why it matters and why like being here matters and why everything around me is making sense behind the scenes. And like you help me trust more in my life and um, being someone who is more type A, like I really value like your ability to just kind of help me like zoom out and feel and be with. And those are things I'm working on. And just, I remember that being really comforting to me to just know that like being alive is enough because as someone who's always grinding for things, um, that perspective and that continual perspective is always just so useful to me. (laughs) So absolutely, absolutely. And you on the (laughs) other hand were able to bring to me this perspective of the present moment and how, we can make connections with the things that we are currently experiencing Mm. to bring about that bigger picture. Because I think that I have this very zoomed out lens on life and yours is more focused um, in the way that it concentrates on the present and you're able to really see how things work together or how they can come to be um, by by perceiving them as they are in that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have a harder time with that. Um, For me, it's like, I usually am able to understand the bigger picture, but sometimes I have a more difficult time putting the puzzle pieces together of like the current situation or like knowing how to utilize my resources Mm -hmm. and how what I'm doing can bring me to the next thing, which I think you're really, really great at. Oh, thank you. It's a <laughs> crazy planner in me. <laughs> yes. Hope you can feel it over there. <laughs> yeah, I totally can. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. But today, Madison is going to be speaking to us about somatic healing and feeling through the body. And so that is something that I'm very excited to learn more about and talk about because I feel that it is something that has existed within our friendship um, in the way that we are very vocal about our experiences and we like to talk through things. Um, But there is a hidden element to um, feeling our emotions that isn't always widely talked about, which is um, feeling to heal and feeling to release So 
Um, Madison, what would you like to say about that? Yeah, no, I think um, it's such a like wide topic and I obviously don't know everything. Not a practitioner in that, but I've been diving super deep into research and that's kind of what I do when something starts really like popping up in my life a lot. And so I guess like how it started is I was using my brain constantly to fix my brain. I was thinking and thinking my way out of trying to have new mindsets and new thoughts. And um, I think a lot of times in talk therapy, um, we talk and talk about things and it can be super helpful for people. It has been helpful for me. But being a person who's very introspective, I know a lot about the wellness world. I've done a lot of research. I know a lot about myself. And it just got to a point where I was like thinking and thinking about things and like just staying in my head. And it made me anxious. It made me an overthinker. Um, And I was tired of it. And I was like, what is going to make this anxiety for my body leave? What is going to make me actually like take that next step forward? Because what I'm doing is not working. These new mindsets I'm practicing aren't working. And um, I was just really tired. Things had been the same for myself for a really long time. Um, Just constant anxiety about the future and about certain things. And I just like had this weird anxiety in my body for like months. Um, And I was on Instagram one day and one of the people that I follow um, posted about somatic healing. And I was reading about that and it kept popping up this idea, this word somatic healing. And I was like, what is this? And so I started researching it. And somatic healing is pretty much the idea that traumatic experiences um, cause like dysfunction in your nervous system and prevent you from processing an experience. And so using somatic experiencing, it can be done through therapy. There's definitely things you can do through yourself. Um, But it's the idea to help an individual notice your sensations and help process them out of your body. Um, And so like different therapy techniques that can be used can be breathing exercises or like exercise or massage, body-based techniques. Um, EMDR is another form. It's like eye desensitization and it's like moving your eyes back and forth while walking yourself through a traumatic experience so you can reprocess. Um, But what I like to think of it as is that when we go through a traumatic experience and we try to avoid it and we don't process the pain out of our body, it gets stuck in our body and trauma is stored at its peak. And so in your body, you will feel that pain and you will have um, this wound and these constant things coming from it, like your thoughts will come from that wound, your behaviors, these new patterns. And um, that trauma hasn't been released because you're either avoiding it through overthinking and using your brain to get out of it, or um, it for some reason it got stuck. And so for trauma, I'm realizing I am like, yes, I have mental health issues, but I more so had trauma. And that was a really big word to me because I thought trauma was really supposed to be like death and terrible experiences, um, but it's not. And I think maybe they're called like little T's. Um, <laughs> I had smaller moments, but they're just moments of that of distress and so it's either you've experienced something for too long like too much for too long or not enough for too long and um i've had experiences from relationships of not experiencing love for long enough or even just sitting in anxiety for so long or relationships or so many different like little moments um 
to even big moments that have stayed in my body that I hadn't released. And when I learned this, that using my head to get out of it was a lateral step. It was, oh, an aha and like the addictiveness of, oh, I'm learning a new thing. And then you're like, not, (laughs) you're getting to the next part, but you're not moving forward. You're just using your head. I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, there's something about this body-based, um, technique that, um, I've been starting to do some practices and stuff. And I've just felt like a world of difference and my life is finally changing. And it's because I'm regulating my nervous system and I'm processing stuff out of my body. And so I don't know if this is making any sense to you, but yes, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting (laughs) to hear more about. Um, Madison, can you give us an example of, Mm. um, of what dysfunction in the nervous system would look like? Yeah. Um, I guess for me, there's many different types of things. Like you might be feeling like depression, but I think for me, it's like an unregulated nervous system. It's like a lot of anxiety and like feeling that in your stomach, your chest. I almost felt like there was like the straight line going through my stomach of like, like anxiety and just like shaky nervousness and it was not going away. And, um, I think like trying to like constantly think positive thoughts and change the way I was thinking. I was like, why isn't this working? And um, yeah, I started doing some like subconscious meditations. Um, I have this course that I'm working with and it does that, but you can find stuff on YouTube, but pretty much like going to the past experience and healing it by being the person you are today in that experience and like loving your old self through it and making like a new decision. So it's like those inner child meditations are super helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of like, like there's the part of going back and healing old things, but there's also the part of re-experiencing. So your nervous system can regulate to something that may have been triggering in the past and learn how to get more resilient with that experience. So you need both. You need that healing of the past and you need the healing of the future. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would say that um, it is very common that when we endure something difficult or traumatic or challenging in our lives, um, it is most common to find a way to distract ourselves from that discomfort. And I think that that's what ultimately leads to us experiencing anxiety and depression and other forms of mental illness. Um, because, we're not allowing ourselves to feel, to heal. And ultimately by distracting ourselves, it's like a form of instant gratification. So if we're feeling sad or angry, maybe we go on our phones or watch TV so that we don't have to think about said thing, right? But in doing so, we're not allowing the space for that emotion to be felt, um, expressed, and ultimately released. Mm, literally, that is, yeah, I couldn't have said it better. I, I, It's just crazy. It's like your body will continue having those anxious moments or responding to things because it's trying to get out of your body. And we respond by pushing it down or going on our phones or distracting with 
whatever you used to distract with, but you're just keeping it inside your body. And I, I realized there's this, like my therapist in the past, she drew this like hill for me. And she was like, when you feel anxiety, you're like, so you're moving up the hill. You're, you're about to go do the thing that's hard. And instead of going over the hill and doing what's scary, you're going back down the hill by getting in your head, like using mechanisms to not feel, not doing the thing you're scared of, whatever it is, but anxiety, especially for me, it made the feeling stop, but it put me down to the baseline of the hill instead of pushing me over, learning that I can conquer that emotion and go through it and coming to the opposite side of the hill where I learn to regulate, I process it out. And so I kept using my brain to get on my brain and it kept me stuck back at the bottom of the hill, constantly pushing me back down. And I wasn't able to feel through it and move to the other side. And so I learned that my anxiety was keeping me in that traumatic um, space and it was keeping me from moving forward. And so the feeling was actually, um, it was the wound that I needed to tend to. It wasn't my brain. There was that wound inside of me that needed attention and healing and love and processing so that I could move forward. So it's just really interesting. (laughs) Right. Um, it just simply needed to be seen instead of being hidden away. And would you say, Madison, that when you allow for that um, self-regulation to pass and to be expressed in whatever way it might be in the moment, would you say that oftentimes you find that perhaps what you are feeling anxious about or sad about is oftentimes less scary and bad. I say quote unquote bad because nothing that we feel is truly bad. It just (laughs) is what it is. But to our brain and our ego, we're so afraid of ultimately death that these, these different triggers and pains can lead us to believe that we might not exist beyond this feeling. Mm. Would you say that oftentimes once you allow yourself the time and the space to feel said thing, um, you realize that whatever it is that you are fearing um, is less scary than you thought? Oh my God, yes. Every single time. I've just been realizing how much it's like our survival instinct to like try to protect ourselves. And so we're like, oh, scary feeling, push it down, run away. Um, And like, it's supposed to be a natural thing in life. Like if we were getting chased by an animal to make it away and like feel our feelings and process it out of our body, but we're like staying in this like high, like fight or flight feeling and our bodies when like we stay in that too long, it like wears us out. It puts us in anxiety and puts us in depression. And um, I've just learned from like, regulating and going through it, like you said, like I have been able to like, just like my nervous system has gotten so much stronger and you realize it's not so scary because you're, you're going through it. The trauma is being processed out. And then if it happens again, it might be still hard and you're slowly like re-experiencing and it gets easier and easier until the thing that used to trigger you, that used to push away doesn't scare you anymore. 
like I was texting this guy and I was, I used to with my exes, like would get really triggered when they wouldn't respond to me. And I'd feel like super nervous system, like dysregulation because like, I did not feel enough love in those relationships. I was constantly fighting for it. So when I didn't receive a response from this new person, it brought up old moments of quote unquote trauma of being not loved and having to fight for love and that I wasn't going to feel safe. And so I remember in that moment, I have never felt so triggered. And I was like, why is this such a big emotion? And it's because I hadn't processed it. I hadn't been able to sit with it because in the past I would distract. And so this time I literally like laid on my floor, sat with it, cried, like, like moved it out of my body. Like I literally got up and like shook it out, like made sounds and like waited for it to like move through and using those body-based movements to get it out. And then I felt so zen after and any future time where like the texting was not the way I want it to be, I like wasn't triggered. And I was like, okay, this shit works. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. That's amazing. (laughs) Um, What would you say to anyone listening right now who's very new to um, somatic healing or feeling through the body? What would you say to them? um, about triggers. What are some key things to look out for? Um, whether it be from your personal experiences or just things that you have observed, um, having learned what you've learned, um, Mm -hmm. what should people be looking out for or paying more attention to when it comes to triggers? Yes, there is a difference between having a new experience that can heal us and giving ourselves those and between that and doing things that re-traumatize us. And so a big part of it is like working when you have triggers is like there's only so much you can do on your own. And I'm a big believer that you can, but I'm also a huge believer and realizing more and more that like actually we're supposed to heal through community and we were always supposed to heal with other and like therapy is a great way to work with someone to slowly bring up old memories and have you feel the dysregulation and then calm it down and taking it like in those little bite-sized chunks, um, re-experiencing it in small ways instead of diving into the big thing. So like maybe you're going on a date and trying to process the triggers of not being responded to and having to like the social anxiety of like showing up and meeting someone rather than a full on relationship. Maybe you do the smaller things first. So your nervous system can work up to it. So you're not re-traumatized. So like with those smaller triggers, doing the things like moving it out through your body, through breath, through yoga, through shaking it out, like just being with it and watching as it settles down. Um, and a lot of times, like if, if a big trigger comes and throws itself at you, you're going to get super frightened and you're going to get stuck and you're going to like shut down and not want to move out of it. But if a trigger comes slowly and intentionally, it's something you practice, you are able to like go through it and not shut down and come out and not be afraid. Because usually when you have like a huge reaction, your body, um, experiences that huge overwhelmed feeling, it feels like a trigger if you, or it feels like the same trauma. So it'll re-traumatize. So it's like not saying to go throw yourself into everything that's hard and just like process it. Um, 
but like do the research, get the help you need, and then start practicing small on your own if you'd like. Like I do that with um, like the texting thing or like if somebody says something that's like a comment that's triggering, I like let myself regulate before I respond. And so just start practicing small with, um, they call it like a body up approach. So you calm your body before you use your mind instead of the other way around and watch the wonders it works for you, but don't take too much more than you can handle. Um, especially when your nervous system is really dysregulated. Um, it won't help to just like take those triggers and like try to take everything on by yourself. So there's community that's community is important, friendship, um, therapy, um, having support, and then also doing what you can on your own in a way that feels like safe for you. So I don't know if that answered your question, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Um, what about, (laughs) what about for people who don't know what a trigger is? Yes. I guess a trigger, something that like disrupts your state of being and like, like, I feel like you feel it physically. So if someone says something that upsets you, um, I guess the way to be aware of it is like in the beginning, like so someone says something to you and they say something to me, it might trigger me and not you. And it's usually because I have an association with what they said from something from my past. So if they say something about like, I just got into this new awesome relationship and blah, blah, blah. And you might be, that's awesome for you. And I might be like, oh, that's so triggering because I haven't had a good healthy relationship yet. And you might feel your stomach tighten. You might feel yourself kind of want to like recoil. It's like this kind of like freeze, like ooh feeling to like something someone says to an experience that might be similar to a past experience that was really hard. So just like it's a reminder feeling that like pokes at your trauma that you've experienced. Yes. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. I just wanted to outline that in case anybody who's listening right now has no idea what a trigger is or how to spot them. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. No, I I should have explained that. It's I think it's just like such a body thing. It's like that ooh, like yes, pokes at something that's inside of me, and then you know, oh, like then we we spend so much time trying to fix the trigger, like fix that what that person says, or trying to be away from them more, or avoid the situation. When in reality, if we heal that thing inside of us, that trigger won't exist because it's not poking at a wound because we've healed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something that I always say is, um, you know, if someone has hurt us, or if someone has said something that doesn't make us feel good, or if we've seen something that disrupts our peaceful state of mind, that is a gift because in that moment we are given the opportunity to look at ourselves in a way that perhaps we haven't been. And um, it's much easier to shrug it off or um, treat it as a coincidence or put the blame on um, the circumstances or the person standing in front of us. But I think that if we choose to shift the focus from blame and shame to reflection and introspection, that allows for a healthy recognition of something 
internal that needs to be seen and heard and felt. Mm. And um, I feel like too, um, because we are, I'm 21 and Madison, you're 22. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like often within our age range, um, culturally speaking, at least it's so, um, you know, like alcohol and drugs are so prevalent, um, within our age group. And it's just kind of seen as this norm. Um, but I would say as I've, as I've been experiencing these, these past few years of my life, I've seen friends of mine or, I've even experienced moments where um, I look to something outside of myself to um, numb or cure um, a pain or discomfort that I'm feeling. And I feel like it's so important that we do shed a light on this topic because um running away is not the answer. It never will be. And something that I like to remind myself often is this quote that says, wherever you go, there you are. So there's no place or thing that is going to save you. Um, There's no place or thing that can make you feel better. And that ultimately we are our own savior. And so the moment that we realize that it is in our power and in our hands um, to get the help, to love ourselves enough to listen to ourselves and to allow us the space to heal deeply and truly is the moment that we choose a life of of spiritual health, of physical health, of mental health. And you can't really have one of those without the other. Mm. So, so I think it's super important that we talk now after discussing kind of like what triggers look like, what trauma is, um, and things like that, that we maybe touch on ways that we can, um, instead of looking away from the things that, that trigger us to step into them fully. And so something that I'd like to talk about is ways that we, um, utilize movement and or other practices to regulate the nervous system. So Madison, what is one of your favorite ways to do that? Yeah. Well, I first want to say thank you for all your words. Those are so beautiful. And I just think it's so cool that you can, so we have to remember like when you're feeling the terrible feelings of hardship that is only speaking to the other, like you said, of the highs you can go. And so I'm trying to find more pleasure in the difficult because it just shows the expansion on the other side. So yeah. And when it comes to what I do to regulate, oh my gosh, I, I mean, I do 
I do my own work to be able to process triggers better when they pop up in my life and I'm not prepared for them. Um, but when I do get triggered, the first thing I'll do is some sort of body-based movement. And if it is a lighter trigger, I'll probably do some yoga or I will like go on a walk or something like that. Um, walking's really good. Um, but if it's definitely like a, a more deep trigger, like something that feels really, really just like a lot in my body, I will do one of two things. I'll either literally shake my body and like not scream, but like, like push it out of my body with my voice and like just move it out. Or I will drop to my floor. I'll lay down and I will like, I'll cry. I'll like do the shaking things. I, um, and then I'll usually do like Reiki on myself. And so Reiki is a form of energy healing, but you can look it up and doing it on yourself is such a safe thing to do. And like you put your hands in different places and it's just kind of like a focused almost healing touch meditation. And that's when I literally drop to the floor, give myself that healing touch and just, it feels like love. It feels like I'm just tending to my inner child and I'm so there with myself and it works for me every single time. Um, Another thing I like to do, if you've ever heard of TRE, it's trauma release and there's different exercises you can do, but it's pretty much putting your legs into a shaking position so you can shake out trauma from your body. And I def, I do, I've looked up YouTube videos. So I do a few different things. Like I'll sit, do a wall sit or like lift my hips up in a bridge and have my feet together in a butterfly. Um, I would definitely like look and I don't know, want to like give this out to people. Like, I don't want to like be like, do this because I don't know. I don't want it to be unsafe for anybody. So I would definitely look at classes you can do or like find good YouTube videos and things that are safe. But, um, for me, like shaking it out and just like crying and then like just holding myself and being with myself and just like witnessing myself and all the crap and all the mess and just loving myself anyways. And just like, holding myself. And even if it's so painful and I'm so sad and I'm feeling things so deeply, it dies down. And it's because I'm just holding myself. I'm moving through it. I'm getting out of my body and I'm just being with. And um, yeah, there's it just kind of depends on your levels. But I definitely feel like for me, when it's hard, I need to drop to the floor. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. do. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> That's um, so incredible. That's me, but you, Miss, if everybody doesn't know already, she has moved to California. We have a Cali girl on our hands, <laughs> and I would love to know what you do to cope and what you've done throughout your life or what you're what you're doing during this time when it's it's triggering to move far away and it's like triggers those feelings of unsafety because it's not comfortable. It's unknown. You're paving a new path. There's new people. I'm guessing you found triggers or felt discomfort. So I'd love to know like your go-to stuff or anything that's worked for you while being there. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all that you do to (laughs) get closer to yourself and to truly be with yourself. Um, I'm sure that people listening right now can definitely look into everything that you just mentioned and find a lot of different tools and resources to um, get closer to that themselves. Mm. And 
Yes, I recently moved to the city of Los Angeles, which I'm super thrilled about, but it was a decision that I made knowing um, that in doing so, I would have to face myself in more ways than one um, in pretty much every area of my life, I would say. And with change comes a lot of expansion, but also a lot of contraction um, and a lot of growing pains. And um, during my time here, I've felt um, some incredible highs, but also some incredible lows. And firstly, I would like to say how important it is to ask for help. Um, I think a lot of the times I think that I can do something on my own. And recently I've come to terms with the fact that it's not always about what I can or cannot do or what I am or am not capable of. And more so about um, the beauty that comes with being vulnerable and with reaching out to love, whether that be calling your mom or phoning a friend. I think there's a lot to be said about asking for help in the times in which you feel heaviness. Um, Because, you know, ultimately, I believe that we came to this earth to connect and not just connect in the times where everything is magical and beautiful, but also in the darkness of it all. And so I would first like to stress the importance of asking for help. And I've been trying to get better at doing that myself. Um, But something else that I love to do, whether I'm feeling on top of the world or underneath the world, is to dance. I absolutely love to dance and something that I like to try to do every morning if I can is to play at least two songs that I love and just allow myself to fully embody what I am feeling, whatever that is, and use the entirety of my being to express that with movement. Mm. And I've found a lot of freedom in that. Um, Another thing that I love to do and that I will never shy away from is crying. Um, It is so important because it truly is a release. When you allow yourself to cry, you're allowing yourself the space to let that energy run through you and come out of you in physical form. Mm. And something else that I like to do is to shake. So I'll stand up and just shake my limbs and truly go wild. If anyone were to walk in on me, um, it would look like I was having <laughs> you know, like maybe like a medical problem that needed assistance. Um, but it's truly not about caring what you look like. It's really, truly about letting it all out, baby. So I let myself shake and rattle and roll until there's nothing left. 
And um, I don't know, have you ha- heard about um, EFT or emotional freedom technique, Madison? I have seen that. I was reading articles the other day that said that, but I'm not sure exactly what it is. So please enlighten me. So it is, I am no expert. I'll preface with that, but emotional freedom technique or EFT is a method of tapping where you tap on different energy meridian points on your body repeatedly as you speak about what it is that you're feeling. And in doing so, you're basically unlocking those energy portals and allowing that concentrated um, tension of energy to be released. Oh, so like I've done tapping. So is that pretty much what it is? Yes. Yes. Okay. Emotional freedom technique is like the long version of tapping. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. I, I've did that one time and it was like the most insane experience because like you're, you're using your physical body to combine with the words and you're like, it's just like another body-based technique. You're getting it out. And I just, am like, there's just this crazy magic from combining your body with your words and that mind body connection. Like you see it all the time, but like actually doing it. I did it one time when I was having an absolute breakdown and oh my gosh, I felt so good after. Have you, Mm -hmm. have you done it? Yes, I have done it. And I also utilize it for other areas of my life as well. Um, whether it be like feeling, insecure about something or feeling nervous or scared. Um, so it's not, it doesn't always have to be, um, when I'm feeling triggered that I use it. I also use it to release any emotion that I no longer want to hold on to, or that no longer serves me. Mm, That's actually super good to know. I've only done it with the trigger, but like doing it with other things, it's just, it's something that's like you have it on your, your body, your hands are with you and you are with you. And that's why I think some body-based techniques are so cool because wherever you go, you have your breath, you have your body, you know, you have everything that you need. Yes, totally. Mm. And something else that I love to do is to immerse myself in nature to connect with nature because whenever I do that, I am reminded of my truest essence because I believe that we are one with nature. And when we go to nature, we are able to see the beauty that we are, the immensity that we are, and the simplicity that exists within the experiences that I've had in nature have truly rooted me and grounded me Mm. in, in my peace. And so whenever I have the chance, I like to make time to go on a walk or just simply go to a park or get close to a body of water and be there um, without any form of stimulation Um, I think that's super important because I think that we are constantly consuming information, whether that be checking our phones or going on social media or even reading is a form of consumption. So I think it's so important to take time and to make time to simply process our emotions. And if you implement that, 
as a regular practice, um, it then becomes preventative as well. So you're no longer waiting for the trigger to arise in order to regulate. You're prioritizing a practice that allows you to regulate every day without waiting for that trigger that's going to throw you over the edge. Mm, I love that. And you are such a pro at like slowing down and being intentional and being with yourself. It's something I admire greatly that you are so good at not needing the crap and you can just like be with yourself and not need the stimulation. Um, and so it makes me think of um, kind of like the nature and the slowing down and what we've talked about is like the parasympathetic nervous system, which is like what restores your body to a calm. And then there's a sympathetic, which prepares you for fight or flight. And um, we just need to do more things that are on the parasympathetic nervous system side where mm -hmm. we're able to put our bodies in more activities and spaces where we can practice regulation and calm and ease in our body. And um, there's this one thing I've been doing. I've been trying to take like cold showers. I don't know if you've ever done that, but like a really cold shower is supposed to activate your all these annoying words, but activate your vagus <laughs> nerve, um, which is like, it's the main part of your parasympathetic nervous system. Um, so pretty interesting. I'm trying to learn more about it, but doing more things, like you said, like going in nature and doing things that calm our body down, like, and just taking space from, from the social media, from the constant like flow of stuff and stimulation uh, it's so much so I just think that's amazing that you do that and you're so good at that and I think that's why you're so centered is because you practice calm and I think it's something you have to practice yes I absolutely agree I have made it a mission to prioritize my peace yes I know that. I remember the first time we were going to go to a coffee shop and you're like, I can't go there. Bad memories there. We're not going there. <laughs> I'm prioritizing my peace. <laughs> I was like, all right. Oh my goodness. Well, Madison, you are absolutely lovely from head to toe. Thank you so, so much for mm gracing us with your presence today, your words, your thoughts, and all that you have learned and continue to learn. I appreciate you so, so, so much. Mm. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've never been interviewed. I've always been the interviewee. So it's really <laughs> nice <laughs> not having to pull the questions. Um, but thank you so much. And thank you for being a person in my life that so beautiful and genuine and who also walks her own path and somehow at the same time is really good at supporting me online. And I just, I believe and love that you do your own thing and you're not afraid to be exactly who you are and that I get to be walking with you on that journey, whatever it looks like. Me too. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. Oh, I think you could have. <laughs> <laughs> um lastly i would like to ask you one final final question <laughs> and that is 
how can we find soul? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think, I think you have to, oh my gosh, there's so many ways to say this, but get really quiet. And I always use the phrase, I was saying it in my yoga class, to just be with, to be with the big parts of yourself, the small, the loud, the quiet, the hard, the difficult, the easy, and just listen and watch and see yourself. And I think a big way that I've accessed my soul is knowing that like the urge inside of me, the the part of me that wants to express, I have to listen to that. And I think an easy way, a quick way that I've learned to like be like, what what is my purpose and what is my soul and what am I here for is like a lot of times your purpose is in your pain and your purpose is through things that have been hard. And so for me, it's like helping people with mental health and learning how to be better is like an essence of me because of what I've gone through. Um, but I guess getting quiet and being with and just doing it every day because you're going to change a lot and things are going to change, but your soul remains the same. And, um, you get to learn about it as you go. And it's not the people around you. It's not the stuff you do. It's not the stuff you eat. It's at the very core, a little thing inside of you that is like breathing and alive and vibrant and kind and unique to yourself. And it doesn't have a label. It's not a thing that you can describe. It's the breathing essence of your energy and your being here. And so, um, I think your soul has purpose and your soul has things that you go do and soul has things uh, in your body and you, you do things with it. But at the core, it's just the very essence of who you are. So that's what I've got. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Like I said before, um, Madison, where can we find you? (laughs) you can find me driving to California tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) oh my god I wish I would get in a car crash I can't drive well Um, Um, but you can find me on Instagram at the Madison Branch and my podcast is the deep talk it's not as cool as this one but it tries that's (laughs) not true you can find me, you know, out in the world doing my thing, doing my best as as we all are. But otherwise, if you want to see pictures of me floating online, you can go to my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and don't look at it and think I'm perfect. That's my biggest message because I put out pictures and words out on the world and I do my best to be authentic. But I also know that pictures are not to be compared to your beautiful, messy, imperfect life should never be compared to pictures. So just my reminder. <laughs> Along exactly. The way. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Madison. Thank you, love. We had a long episode. Proud of us. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> <All right. laughs>